Welcome to the Gallery Date. I'm Jen Singer, founder of Jen Singer Gallery. Thanks for joining me for our weekly date to chat about art and life and perhaps the art of life, all in bite-sized, not at all fancy, but definitely savory episode nuggets. Let's mingle, my friends. Don't forget to press record, Jen. Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining me today for our Gallery Date. Uh, So it's been a minute because COVID was a bitch, to be honest, but I'm back and better than ever, uh, or at least not coughing my lungs up now, so everything's freaking great. Um, So today, class, (laughs) no, I'm really thinking about getting my nerd on and uh, having a book club. I mean, it'll be like the lamest book club ever because I'm really slow in reading books, but I found this book uh, in my... um, bookshop the other day that I forgot I bought. And it's called Reductionism in Art and Brain Science by uh, the Nobel Prize winner, Eric Arkandel. Um, and I, don't know, I thought it'd be fun if I'm not the only person reading it. So maybe somebody else out there would be as nerdy as me, glasses on, uh, and uh, want to read it too. So there we are. Let me know, DM me, and we'll have a book club of one or something or two. <laughs> anyway, So today we're starting off the show with a viewer question. This question comes from Carla. Hey, Carla, thanks so much for sending in such a great question. And if anyone out there has any questions for me, please send them in. You can send them directly to me at Jen Singer Gallery on Instagram and Facebook. All right, so the question is, what's your best advice on how to frame artwork? Okay, so when it comes to framing artwork, there are definitely some do's and don'ts. The most important thing is that you don't take away attention from the artwork itself. Do not distract from the artwork with the framing. You want the framing to finish and enhance, sort of like a good bra. (laughs) Am I right, ladies? Um, High and tight, keep it high and tight. The second most important thing to consider when framing is that sometimes the framing can actually cost more than the artwork itself. I know. Uh, so most artwork, unless you're uh, buying a standard poster, will need custom archival framing. Be prepared for this by factoring archival framing into your budget when considering an artwork acquisition. You will thank me later. (laughs) Um, Why is it so expensive? Because the sizes are custom, and you want to make sure that the framing itself doesn't damage the artwork, hence custom archival framing. Okay, some important do's. Do see if the gallery you're purchasing the artwork from offers custom framing services uh, or if they have a good framer. And also ask them for recommendations on how best to frame the artwork. Uh, They should know or they should be able to reach out to the artist directly to get any kind of framing specifications that would be specific to that artwork. Um, When framing, keep it simple. A go-to for my gallery for works on paper and photography is the white or black shadow box frame. We like it because there's some depth off the wall and it has a nice clean contemporary look with a skinny base around the uh, around the edge and um, spacers inside that keep the artwork away from the glass. This is really, really important. You, you never, ever, ever want an artwork to touch or be pushed up against the glass. All right, uh, so this is a piece, as you can see, um, hanging on my wall from my collection by an artist we just started working with. I'm so excited. We just started representing her. Her name is Mandy Copas Martin. And um, as you can see, the artwork is, um, 
it really needs to be on its own. It doesn't need any distraction. So we chose a nice, clean, minimalistic white shadow box frame. Um, and it really helps the artwork to shine. Uh, this is a silk drawing on paper. It's what the artist calls a silk drawing. She uses um, many, many, many kilometers <laughs> of unspun silk to create this drawing. Um, so it's really important that this artwork can stand on its own within the frame. And I think we've achieved this here. The paper is floating inside the frame with an archival mount, leaving the edges of the paper exposed. And with this frame, we are confident uh, that it will not be exposed to damage from the air. It's UV protected, so it's protected from the uh, light, exposure to light. And um, it's also protected from humidity. Um, the next important do is that it's a good idea to use UV resistant plexiglass. Um, it keeps the artwork light on the wall. Uh, artwork, especially large scale pieces can get really heavy and especially if they are framed with glass. So it's really good idea to use UV resistant plexiglass. Um, the UV resistance will protect the artwork from exposure to light over time. So even if you know, the artwork is not a delicate watercolor or something that's really vulnerable to fading over time. Um, and if it's not in direct sunlight, you still want to think about using UV resistant plexiglass. Um, you might move, you know, to a new house or you might just want to move the piece to another room, which is a sunnier room. So either way, um, Wherever it goes, it'll be protected, increasing the artwork's longevity. So sometimes framing can enhance a work when you play with different colors and options. And this is where you'll want to work with a really good framer to make sure your bold choices make sense and don't distract from the artwork. Uh, here's a really fun example of this. This is an artwork in my collection that I purchased from a Portuguese artist during the first COVID lockdown. Um, I'm going to link to this artist's Instagram in the show notes. Uh, their names are, it's a it's a couple, their names are Carla and Fabricio. Um, and I can't pronounce the Portuguese Instagram handle, so I'm just gonna link to it. <laughs> so this piece, as you can see, is um, embroidered. It's on an embroidery loop. And I wanted to figure out how to frame it with the loop suspended floating in a frame. Um, but minimal frames were not making sense with this piece. It just didn't look right. And it was just kind of getting washed out. So I thought I would go with a bolder choice and I held it up against a few colorful frame corners. And then I suddenly saw it. The pink outer frame and the yellow inner frame helped it sing. But also I'm so happy we had the background of the work and the spacers painted to match the outer frame's pink color. Uh, it is the most photographed and talked about frame in our house. And I love how it turned out. I'm really, really happy with it. Um, and I think it only enhances the artwork. It definitely does not take away. So it was a bold choice for a frame, but I think it really, really shines. All right. So another do is if you can afford the upgrade, upgrade to museum flexi. It has an anti-reflective quality in addition to UV protection that makes a huge difference in how the artwork is viewed. It's like there's no glass at all, which with some artworks, um, especially very delicate light pieces, uh, it makes a huge difference when you don't have to battle with the glare or reflection when seeing the work. Um, so 
that is a good one, especially if it's a very, very, very valuable piece. Um, definitely get the upgrade. <laughs> now for some don'ts. Okay. Matting is not dead, but it does have a certain traditional framing look. Um, there are more contemporary archival mounting styles, like in the Mandy Copas Martin artwork um, that I showed you. It uh, That can be used instead. Um, but if you do go ahead and use matting, be sure that the mat is not the same size or smaller than the face of the frame. So for example, if you're using a frame that has a one inch, it's a one inch frame, right? Um, you do not want to then decide on a one inch mat. So that makes it two inches in width, but the mat is going to look even smaller than the um, one inch frame because you lose about a quarter of an inch in the framing process. So what you want to do is make sure you use at least um, like a two inch mat with a one inch frame. Um, and if you go with a really thick frame, like, you know, a couple of inches, three inches, I don't know, um, then you want to like make sure that that mat size, again, doesn't exactly match the frame size. And you also want to make sure that um, it doesn't go smaller. You don't want like a three inch frame and then like a one inch mat. It will not look right. Um, so uh, always go with a, a larger mat width, at least uh, by an inch, at least. And um, mat that's just too small looks like a mistake. Trust me. <laughs> um, okay. And this is also a good idea. Just check with any framer that um, you're working with. Just have a look and see what it looks like. So this is not the same case with floated artworks on paper. So if the artwork's floating in the frame without using mats, it's an archival float, and there's a border around the floating edge um, that, is, that shows the backing. It's usually like an archival backing behind the artwork. Um, that can be closer to the edge of the frame. As you can see in this commissioned painting by Ann Austin Pierce that we just framed for a collector, uh, the artwork edges are close to the frame. It's a massive piece and we were working with a, a final overall dimension for the frame that um, needed to be a specific size. It couldn't go over that size. So we couldn't add a massive border and it worked out beautifully. I cannot wait for this collector to see this piece in person. It's being uh, prepared for shipping now and it is stunning. Uh, anyway, okay. So those are a few framing tips off the top of my head, but also my best pro tip ever is to use masking tape, map out exactly the size of the artwork with framing you will have on your wall. Um, so get some old newspaper and some painter's tape and tape it out, measure it out on the wall to the exact uh, size in the exact space that you want the artwork to go and then step away from it. Is it too small? Is it too large for the space? Um, and also be mindful of how high you're hanging this artwork. There is a chronic epidemic throughout the world, but for some reason, especially here in the UK, uh, it is the epidemic of hanging art way too high on the wall. Why does this happen? I do not know, but it's just like way too high. There are just random paintings floating above people's heads. I don't know why. Um, so actually my husband did this the other day. He knew, he knew it was too high 
after he installed it. But our stone walls are complete pain in our house. So I know it's going to be fixed eventually. Um, but until then, it'll probably annoy me. Um, but that's married life. <laughs> be patient and be grateful anyway. Uh, so here you are. Free love lessons as well. <laughs> um, okay. So that's what you get here on the gallery date. Full service uh, situation, people. What am I doing? Come here, you little monkey. Oh, don't put that in your mouth. Don't touch that. Okay. Where are you going? You going out with daddy? Yeah. Yeah? Did you come to see me? Can you see? Can you say hello to everyone? Brooklyn. Where's Brooklyn? Can you say hello? Hello. Um, are you measuring? What are you measuring? Mommy's work. You're measuring mommy's work? Well, there's a lot of it, I can tell you that. Miles' work. Ah, oh, go on. Oh, <laughs> I got lots of <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for all those kisses. I love you. See you later, alligator. Back to work. Now, because I vowed to keep this week's show brief, um, we're cutting straight to our crazy art world news. And it's going to be a quick round of what's happening out there now that we're somehow already through most of September. Like tomorrow, it's almost Christmas, people. I don't even understand how this happens. Um, but Let's get to it. So this month brings us some more celebrity art, um, which is like so much celebrity art shows lately. Like Brad Pitt has his first museum show um, in Finland. And, you know, how many amazing artists are there out there that actually get a, a museum show? But now Brad Pitt's a sculptor and he gets a museum show. Um, which I actually think would be a lot cooler if he was exhibiting with Nick Cave, the sculptor, rather than Nick Cave, the musician. But maybe that's just me. Anyway, so uh, this month also brings us the much-talked-about Ethereum merge, which is probably where I lose some of y'all. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Ethereum is the cryptocurrency that most NFT artwork is bought and sold with. Um, it received a lot of criticism because it was so very bad for the environment, a real energy guzzler. So this merge updated the currency from a proof of work system, which sucked vast amounts of computational energy to mine it, to a proof of stake system, which allows users to validate new blocks on the chain and earn new Ethereum tokens by providing pre-existing Ethereum tokens as collateral in a process called staking. So it's better for the environment, like way better. In fact, Bloomberg News says it will save an amount of energy almost equivalent to the annual energy consumption of all of New Zealand. Um, but also, it may invite more regulatory scrutiny as the SEC and the US may consider the token securities now rather than assets. So, or currency. Um, so all of that to say that despite the merger, the value of Ethereum continues to drop recently. Um, it's still early days, but I'm super curious to see how this will affect the NFT market. Also this month, Washington State, speaking of NFTs, became the first state to tax NFTs, which seems tricky to enforce. So uh, watch the space, I guess. <laughs> uh, finally, according to Artnet, 
A renowned Egyptologist, Zahi Hawass, believes he discovered Nefertiti's tomb. In a massive cliffhanger of a story, uh, Hawass states that he won't be able to announce the discovery of Nefertiti's tomb until October. So again, watch this space. You never know what else will happen in 2022. Who knows? Maybe Queen Nefertiti herself will be dropping NFTs from her tomb. It could happen. It could happen, people. Uh, 2022 has been weird, so let's see what happens. <laughs> okay, that's a wrap. I should say before we go, if you would like to see the framing examples that I gave earlier on and you've been listening to the podcast, which I very much appreciate, uh, definitely go check out the video for the images um, on thegallerydate.com. All right, so thank you so much again for joining me. Thank you for tuning in to The Gallery Date. Join me for our date every Wednesday for a bite-sized episode on thegallerydate.com. Please subscribe, follow, rate, and review The Gallery Date on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you soon.